are excited for the Super Bowl that's coming up. Hey, who wants to catch it? Who could catch this if I throw this to you? Right here, right here. Come on. Come on. Football Sunday, Super Bowl, baby. I love it. Yes, it's, uh, you know, there's all these bowl games that are happening in, uh, in college. You got the Rose Bowl, you got the Cotton Bowl, you got all these type of bowl games. And then in the NFL, you got this thing called the Super Bowl, right? We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the, and the, the 49ers. Let's go Chiefs. Who's going for the Chiefs? And who's going for the 49ers? Oh, my goodness. See, I get to claim both because my mom was born in San Francisco, and uh, I love to claim uh, the 49ers, and grew up watching Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you know, and uh, then I was born in Texas, so I claim all the Dallas teams, love them too, and then I pastored for 10 years in Kansas City, so I claimed them too, whoever's winning, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I don't know what they call that kind of fan, but I'm one of them right now, so, um, but uh, guys, I want to talk about the Love Bowl. Okay, love is in the air, but today we're going to talk about the love bowl. We got the Super Bowl, but I want to talk about marriage and relationships. Today's message is going to be touching on marriage and your relationships. Every six points we're going to talk about, strategies, tactics, thoughts, ideas, six keys that will bring victory to your marriage and your relationships. So wherever you're at, maybe you're single, maybe you're not, maybe you want to be married, or maybe you've been married here, you just got married, or you're going to be, you've been married a long time. What we're going to talk about today is going to bring victory in every area of your life if you apply them, if you do them. The Bible says, you know, uh, faith without works is dead. You could know everything about how to have a good marriage and how to have good relationships, but if you don't do it, there'll be no results, right? So we are a group that takes action. We hear the word on Sunday, and then we act it out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're good ground, you are. When you receive the word, you embrace it, you keep it, and you don't let any lie of the enemy or anything stop you or keep you from moving forward in the things that God's put in your heart to do. Amen. So uh, the first key I want to talk about today is uh, we are on the same team. All right? We are on the same team. I know there's two teams playing, and they're playing against each other, and they're going for that Lombardi trophy. And I know we wish the Miami Dolphins were there, but maybe next year. Lord, in Jesus' name, stretch your hands towards the Miami Dolphins. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that one day we can celebrate our team there. But, but we got two teams competing for a trophy. But in marriage, in your relationships, we are not against each other. We are on the same team. We are called to be united, but the devil wants to divide you in your marriage and in your friendships and relationships. We are not competing against one another. So why should you marry? To be happy? That's one reason. I want to be happy one day. I'm going to get married, and it's going to make me happy. But the real cause and the real foundation of marriage is unity. The foundation of a godly marriage isn't just to be happy. It's to be united to be unified, to have one vision, one mind, one direction, to be in partnership, to be on the same team, to be in the, man, we're a squad, we're a crew, we're, we're taking names, we're going to win this battle, this war we're in as a couple, as friends. God seeks to unite, but the devil schemes to divide. 
That's his goal. That's his plan. That's his goal and plan in every church, in every relationship, in every marriage, is to divide and conquer, get to you separated and alone and by yourself. But God's called us to be together, to be unified. In Genesis 2, it says this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined. I love that, joined to his wife. The two are united into one, right? One. The enemy comes to divide and disrupt. He came up to Adam and Eve and he said, come on, Eve, you don't need to listen to what God's saying about your marriage. You need to do what I'm telling you to do. Did God really say, get you to doubt, not believe, and bring disruption and distraction and disunity, right? Then Adam blamed God and Eve blamed the serpent, and that's where we see division. Amos 3, 3, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing, right, on the same direction? You know, if you walk with someone and they're trying to go that way and you're trying to go that way, then it ain't going to work. We got to be going the same way. That's why when you get married, when you choose a partner, the value should be Jesus is Lord of our house and our life. This is why singles, if you're single, that's why it says don't be unequally yoked with people that don't have the same mindset or same vision. Because they'll take you one way and you want to go this way. Right? And so let's walk together. Where there is division, there is two visions. Die vision means two. There's two visions, right? We need to have one vision. Where there is no vision, it says in Proverbs, it says the people perish. What is the vision for your relationships that you're in right now? What's the vision for your marriage that you have right now? It's time to get a vision, a direction, a plan, right? For your marriage. If you're married, it's time. You got to plan your date nights, you know, you plan to go to work every day and you don't cancel, right? But you got to get on the calendar and say, you know what, every Friday, every other week, we're going to go out. It don't matter where we go or what we do, but we got to plan it. We got to be strategic, right? Oh, I'm going to cancel tonight because, you know, no, we got to keep stuff going. Amen. We got to stay and have a strategy. Um, we got to pray together, read the Bible. Go to church together, give together, serve together, have the same vision together. Amen. This is good. The devil will just do everything again to get you separated. Oh, I don't want to go to church today. I don't like that guy today. I know. That's all white gringo. He done. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't like him. Let's go next week when Pastor Junior is preaching. Come on, somebody. And then we all, you know, that's what... The devil just likes to come in and he tries to bring division. One of the greatest tragedies in marriage is when two people are together but not united. Right? One of the, my favorite couples that I've seen in Scripture is not, it's not no, Adam and Eve. It's not Jacob and Rachel, Ruth and Boaz, or Mary and Joseph. It's this couple named Aquila and Priscilla. They're mentioned over six times in the Bible together. Every time God writes about them, they're together. It says Priscilla and Aquila. They start with the woman. Women, isn't that cool? It starts, he says the woman's name first for all you. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed that like me, but it said her name first. But it says these guys were strong. They were mission driven. They were together. They were united. Man, they did good things for the kingdom of God together. And I love this scripture. And what made them strong? 
Look at this in Romans 16, 3 through 5. It says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. This is a married couple. I am thankful to them. And so are all the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Wow, look at the support Paul is giving to this couple. This call out, this honor, this couple that's leading and is doing a connect group in their home with the church of Jesus Christ. And he's risking their lives for these people. And he's so thankful for them. You might think your connect group don't mean, mean nothing. But these guys had a connect group in Bible days and they're talked about all the time. Paul's praising them for being and encouraging the church in their home. Whenever you gather, that's the church. You are the church. You, each person, makes up this body that we are in. And every one of you are so important and vital to the kingdom of God. And it's so important if you're married to be united and not divided. To be on the same page, as we like to say. And be moving and walking in the same direction. I mean, when you get married, it's like two rivers coming together. There's a lot of turbulence, man. I mean, the boat is shaking everywhere. I mean, it, 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 it's not easy. This is why you need love <laughs> shed abroad in your heart. This is why you need Jesus. But we got to have these values. we got to have the same mindset, the same vision. And I would encourage you and ask you this question. What is your vision for your marriage? What is it? In the next 90 days, I would encourage you, write down what kind of marriage do you want to have? And how are you going to get there? I, the other day I was talking to my wife. Hey, we need to get back to reading our Bibles again all the time like we used to. We need to open it up and read it. Not just open it, right, and leave it on the desk. Oh, I opened my Bible. No, read it. Well, my Bible's open. I leave it open every day. Still on Psalms 91, right? It's right there. But we don't read it. I got the app, but I don't open it. But what's your vision for your marriage? Right? What is it? Go home. Figure it out. Write it down. Oh, I'm going to have date nights. I'm going to plan them. We're going to plan our vacation because if we don't plan, everything else is going to get planned. Right? The church will, will plan you. You ain't got nothing going on Friday night. Come on. We need you. Oh, what about my date night? Well, that's your decision. You got to say, this is my value. My marriage is important. My relationships are important. I'm going to make time for my friends. I'm going to be there when they need me, right? And be a good friend. My wife this morning, she found out a friend went to the hospital. So this morning we went up and got breakfast for them. We went and got flowers for them. We got them a co- I was like, you got them a coffee? You got them flowers? You got them food? And dropped it off? Honey, you're amazing. That's what friends do. If you're a friend, you're in relationship, you want friendly friends, be a friendly friend to them. Amen. What's your vision? What's your vision for your marriage? We are called to be united. The devil would love for you to be divided. But no more in Jesus' name. Today is the day you make the change. We're going to go to church. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to get involved in church. We're going to start praying together. We're going to keep our date nights. We're not going to let things pull us and get us all twisted. We got kids. I got three. You got to plan. You got to say, no, we're going out. Sorry, kids. You're going to stay home and 
play video games tonight. That's cool because we're going out. We have to. You have to. When they go, are you going to know each other? You're going to still be with one with the, each other. You got to make time, guys. Don't let the culture, don't let everything pull you away from this person you fell in love with a long time ago. Amen? Today in the Super Bowl, the 49ers and the Chiefs are playing to win. In marriage and relationships, if one win, you both lose. We play to win. Your marriage, you're playing to win. In relationship, you play to win. But in marriage, in relationships, if one of you win, you both lose. Oh, it's 50-50. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. you got to be all in this thing or are you going to lose? Because then it's just, oh, I'm half-hearted committed. Oh, I'm kind of committed. I'm only halfway in and they're halfway in. 50% ain't good enough. It's 100-100. We're in this together. We going to church together? Then let's go. Come on, honey. We're getting up. Right, let's go. We're committed. We don't keep score. Oh, I won the argument. If you won the argument, you lost. I don't know about you. I'd rather apologize, guys, even if I know it wasn't even my fault. I'm saying I'm sorry. Forgive me, please, because I don't want no silence. I don't want no cold treatment. I don't want no anger. I don't want nothing to stay in my house. I don't want that funk in the air. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. Come on. All right, you're not lying. Good. See, we can be honest here. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Love. How do you do that? How do you love your wife just like Jesus did? He died on a cross. That means, guys, you don't get nothing you want ever. It's just the way it is. They in charge. They, 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 that's your wife. How did Jesus love you? He forgave you. He believed in you. Gave his life for you. And husbands, we're called to love our wives in that way. Oh, only if she does it this way, then I'll love her. And that's not what the Bible says. There ain't no, we're talking about God, a con, unconditional agape love. God is love. God put his love in you. And we're called to love her as Jesus loved us. That means he doesn't remember your sins, so you don't remember their sins. Well, he did or she did and she should have and she didn't and have my dinner ready at 6 a.m. when I walked in. No. Love. We play to win, but if one wins, you both lose. It's not 50-50. It's all in. 100% we're all in. Amen. Just like your relationship with God, just like your relationship with your friends, we either friends or we not. You either got someone's back or you don't. Only if they show up, then I know you should show up all the time. You're in this to win it. Because the devil, he's going to try to come in like a flood. He's going to try to divide, but you're not ignorant of his devices. You're not going to let the busyness of work. You're not going to let your kids. You're not going to let your schedule. You're not going to let temptations and all those things drag you and bring you apart and divide you, and, and you're not going to keep score. You're going to walk in love. Love is in the air. Can you feel it? I could smell it. Pastor Junior, you got this great smell. I told him earlier, man, I love whatever he's wearing. I'm getting that later. But that's like that fragrance of love. That's what the Bible says. We are a fragrance, an aroma to God. Amen. What would happen if you both gave 
Well, I'll wait till they do. No, just, just go. Dive in. Only, no, just go in. What would happen if you don't? What's going to happen? If one team wins, we both lose. You know, in football, there's this thing like they, you know, you, you know, the running back gets the ball and they start running and then someone, you know, tips it out and there's a fumble, you know, and they fumble it. And it seems little, but one fumble can change who wins in the Super Bowl. We've seen it. One little thing can change, make a big impact in a game, right? You ever seen like if someone's like running with the, the ball and they, they're one yard short on a fourth down? And it's like that next inch would have been over the goalpost and touchdown and victory and the headlines change. It's the little things that make the biggest impact in your marriage, in your relationships. It's the little things. Some people think it's the big things, but I'm here to tell you it's the little paper cuts that build up over time, that go unaddressed, the little sins, the little temptations. Oh, the little late night, hey, I'm going to reach out to my ex on Facebook behind everyone's back and just see how they're doing, check in. It's the little things, not the big, oh, they cheated, oh, there's, no, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. In Song of Solomon, there is a story of the two lovers in that song, when they talk about the little foxes, there's the vine where it produces the fruit and their relationship is a product of showing there's all this fruit and amazing love and happiness coming. And that's a crazy book if you read it. Read it if you're married. But it talks about this love and, 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 and fruit and, and this vineyard is growing. But then these little foxes try to come in and, and dig at the roots. And they try to take the fruit. And they try to take like these raccoons today in Miami. It's the same thing. <laughs> like those possums late night that be out by the pool, you know. It's those little things that, that mess things up, right? Don't let five years or ten years or one year or even 30 days of something little go unaddressed. Stop that now. Don't let the devil get a foothold into your marriage. Don't let these little ideas of lust and pornography or whatever it might be come in. It ain't worth it. There ain't no peace. There ain't no joy in any of that. Sin separates. Sin brings death spiritually. Stay united. It's not the big things that are going to try to take you out. It's all the little things over time that mess things up. And then one day you say, bam, how did that happen? How did this end? Well, we all know. If you're breathing, you know. So confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you can be healed. There's mistakes, confess it. Hey, man, I messed up. Hey, I'm sorry, friend, I didn't call you like I should have. Man, I made a mistake. Whatever it might be. The Bible says in James, confess your sins one to another and that you will be healed, that you may be healed. Amen. 
Remember, it's two people. It's easier for two people to kill a fox than just one. So if you're united and you're on the same team and they got the other team coming against you, the devil and everything else, man, you're going to win. We're in this together. Amen. You're on the same team. You're united. We play to win. We ain't going to lose. We got victory in our marriage. We're going to have victory in our relationships. We're not going to let the devil win. He's already lost. He's already a failure. He's already been defeated. He's already under our feet. He's got nothing that he could sell us that's good. Amen. You're the children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the nobility of God. You are blessed and highly favored. Amen. And Jesus is the one thing in your life that will never change. And if that never changes, then nothing can touch you. Nothing can stop you. Amen. You're united. You're praying together. You're going out together. You're checking in with each other. You're on the same page. You're not letting little things come in. No. Nuh-uh. We play to win. Sometimes we get in these holy huddles. We got to tackle that anger in our words. I don't know about you. I love food. I love chocolate chip cookies. Whenever I read in Ephesians, it says, don't let unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. I think of wholesome communication would be like the smell of chocolate chip cookies. It's like if you're a realtor and you want to sell a house, what do they do? They put chocolate chip cookies in the oven. So when you walk in, I want this house. Amen. God wants your communication, your words to be like that. It says don't let any, any unwholesome. You know, it's like your, our parents when we grew up, they said, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. I think every parent in the whole world said that to everybody because everyone repeats the same thing. Don't let unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. Don't do it. But only what is helpful for building or encouraging others up according to their needs. Hey, honey, I know you're tired, but God loves you. You're, you're going to do great things. You're gonna, your job is going to go up higher than you ever believed. Your career is going to take you. are a great mother with our kids. You're there day in and day out. You're cleaning the house. You're making food. I know you're tired, but I love you. I'm so proud of you. God is with you. You know, your words can build or they can destroy. Don't let unwholesome communication come out. Make sure it's good. It smells good. Amen. Be kind and compassionate, forgiving each other just as God forgave you. I love this. Ephesians 4 says, in your anger, do not sin. So you could be angry, guys. That's good for Latinos. Because I feel like everyone's angry all the time. Every time I see or I hear people talking, I think they're angry. They're just talking. That's just the culture, right? I'm like, shouldn't Jesus change the culture if it's anger? But I don't know if it's anger because I'm a gringo and I don't know what they're saying. It's just the way it is. It's like, yeah, no, they're not angry. We're just talking. Be excited. Be passionate. But it says, don't let in your anger, if you're angry, do not sin. Man, I'm angry at my husband. He didn't put his clothes in the thing like I want. And I've seen the anger, but... Still love and be angry and not sin. 
It says, do not let sun go down while you're still angry. You never been, you ever let the sun go down while you're still angry? It ain't good. I mean, every bad thing in the world comes to your mind. The devil just loves to fill it with all kind of thoughts and words. Oh, forget them. I'm done. I'm out. Goodbye. Ciao. Alfita's saying, this is peace. Right? Because we allow the anger to sit there and we don't deal with it. We don't address it. We want to act like it's not there. But it's there and it's cold in the house. And there's great divide. And there's great walls of steel that you can't see everywhere. Don't let... Don't let two days, five days, ten days go by. No, 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 no. That's what the devil wants. That's what he wants. Because then that happens, and now all of a sudden, now you're at work, and someone was nice to you, and they're nicer than she was or he was, and all of a sudden you're enjoying it because now you're not getting at home. And someone else is praising me because, man, they don't use good words with me at home, but out at my job, they're always saying, wow, you're doing a great job, and that feels good because you need that. And see how it starts. The little, the little things. The little cuts. No, I'm going to say good words, positive words, faith-filled words. Amen. I'm going to encourage and build up my wife, my friends. I'm going to talk good about them behind their back. When they're not around to my friends, I say good things about them only. Amen. I don't let unwholesome communication come out of my mouth. And if I'm angry, I'm going to go deal with it. If someone's offended you, you go to them. Your wife, your husband did something, you go talk to them. I didn't like that. That hurt me. And talk. Communicate. You got to. Because if you don't, the devil starts to creep in. Right? You ain't ignorant of his devices. He ain't smart. You know? Ain't nothing new under the sun. We're gonna hold we're gonna get in these holy huddles in our life and we're gonna allow anything to come in. Not in our team. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ultimately, love and respect wins. Love and respect. Women want love, men want respect. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians. The thing is, is a lot of times what we give is really what we want to receive. And we have to learn as men to lean into not just, just giving respect to our wife, but loving them. Because that's what they really want is love. And us as men, we want respect. Right? Respect us. Lift us up. Thank us. Tell, I want my wife to tell me how good my message was on Sunday. I need to hear from you. If it was bad, tell me. If it wasn't, but tell me. Talk. Love and respect. I love this in Ephesians. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And in verse 33, it says, however, each one of you must love his wife. And the wife must respect her husband. Men need to lean into love. Women, we got to lean into respect. Amen? We can do this. We can do this. DJ Khaled said, nothing can stop us. We're all the way up, right? He said... I don't know why that came into my head when I was writing this message. It just did. I don't even listen to his music. I don't even have it on my, my music. I don't know how I heard that. But guys, love and respect. We're talking about strategies, ways to win in marriage and relationships. Amen? That we're 100% in. That we're united. We're not divided. We're on the same team. 
Amen. Love and respect is going to win this for you. Ultimately, though, it's Jesus is the ultimate head coach of all this. You can learn all the strategies about communication, relationships, and, and all that. But if Jesus is not the foundation, if he's not front and center, he's not the one you're following, none of it works. I don't know about you, but you need to learn. You need love in your life as the foundation because you're going to rub each other the wrong way the rest of your life. And you need to be able to forgive each other. You need to be able to look past and believe the best in someone. You're going to need to not hold and count what they've done against you wrong. You're going to need that God kind of love that only comes from Jesus. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life in your marriage. Jesus is the way for your marriage. Jesus is the truth for your marriage. Jesus is the one that will bring you life in your marriage. And as Ephesians 5, 1 says, be imitators of God. Imitate Jesus. In your relationships, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. It all starts and stops with Jesus. Amen? It's all about Jesus. You agree? Stand to your feet, church. I love that song, Give Me Jesus, that we sang. He's the one thing. He's the one thing that makes it all work. Amen? Jesus. Jesus. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. But let me tell you, I declare, you're going to win this game. You're going to be united and not divided. You're not going to keep records. You're going to win together. We're not going to let little things come in our life and bring division. We're on the same team. We're on the same page. We're going to go out on dates together. We're going to pray together. We're going to seek God together. We're going to read our Bibles. We're going to go to church. We're going to serve. We're going to have the same values. We're going to win this game of love. Amen. We're going to win this love bowl. We're going to love and respect each other. But Jesus is the head coach. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And if he hasn't been in your marriage, then today it's time to, to put him back in that place. Maybe you've been married a long time. Maybe you just started or you've been married 10, 30, 50 years and it's time to say, wait, Jesus, we've gotten away from him. Right? We need to come back to him. We need to put him first again. Right? Just put your hand over your heart. Father, I just thank you this morning. This message is for us. Lord, it's from heaven. It's your word. And Lord, as husbands and wives and as people that one day want to be married, I thank you for every word that was spoken. Lord, that every point maybe was like fireworks in our minds. That's it. Maybe I need to change there. Oh, I need to protect ourselves here. Oh, I'm going to do this today. Jesus is going to be first. Father, I thank you for every marriage and every family in this, every person in this room. Lord, Jesus, be front and center. Be the main thing again in our lives. Forgive us if we have allowed disunity or division 
if we have allowed the devil to enter in. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke you, Satan. We command you to take your hands off of every marriage and every home and every family in this room in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare and declare what the devil meant for evil is being turned to good this morning. That maybe the story that we've been living is going to change. The, the, the narrative changes today. And we're going to be able to come back here a month from now or, or a year from now and say, man, when we put Jesus back front and center as the main thing, everything changed this morning. Right here on the week of Valentine's Day. Amen.